How are we doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Looking forward to coming back to London. Getting yeah, up. when is that? Getting back. I'm coming back uh, tomorrow night, I think, to start working oh, on wicked. Monday. Just, nice. Just, yeah, the next phase of coronavirus is just pretending it doesn't, it stopped, isn't it? Until <laughs> yeah. just, everyone just collectively yeah. going, yeah. all right, it's done now. Uh, or just all the shit stuff coming back. You're still not allowed to go to the pub or like, you know, have sex yeah. with people. But <laughs> you're yeah. allowed to go to work. True. Yeah. Bum- Bumbles the... off the cards. What was the <laughs> yeah. Tinder, the... grinder. It's <laughs> yeah, all off the cards. Yeah. No, there's a thing that in the US, like their their national health advice thing had had said, like uh, if you're you're allowed to have sex with someone, but try to do it from a position where you're not going to be face to face, and like encourage <laughs> encourage the use of a wall. Like, yeah, they're promoting like... glory holes. Yeah, yeah. Build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's amounted to. <laughs> yeah oh, f- oh fucking hell yeah that is yeah. that is grim so yeah we could when I, I get out thought... do you want to get do you want to should we go visit some glory holes <laughs> yeah no definitely <laughs> <clears throat> I like it yeah the, the the best the best glory holes in Camden oh really yeah there's a yeah I reckon there's a few spattered about the place <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spr- yeah sprinkled about <laughs> Here and there. Here and there. Have, have, have you guys seen the new Spike Lee film? Yeah, I have. We watched actually. it the other day. Yeah. What do you think? Didn't I, like it. I really disliked it. You didn't it. like it? I but thought it was, it was quite good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was alright. I thought it was um I thought it was really shit actually. To the point where at the end Why? I was like laughing at it. <laughs> the bit where the fat lad jumps on the grenade. Grenade! <laughs> and then he looks like a seal. I just thought that it was. I just, <laughs> it's the, just. I think it's pretty badly written, like the the char- character wise. I think that the, I think that obviously it's like politically it's really important and a lot of issues that are not as known about as they deserve to be. So I think it's probably a good thing that it's made and and a good thing that people will see it and it will be educational. But it would be nice if um, if it was also a good film. I just thought it was like badly. Badly yeah, it was badly made. That as well. the female, the the love interest who the, the, uh, his guy, his daughter, his whole thing with his daughter, the guy from the wires, daughter. All of those supporting characters are so badly written. That when she's like, "I love you so," and they hug at the end. What was that about? I mean, she says it in Vietnamese, so it's like it's not. It's sort of in a. It's, no, it's translated. Yes, she does. It, it's like. Isn't it translated from no, Vietnamese? No, no. She's like, I love you. No, she says, I love you so. Well, that's me showing, isn't it? Yeah. I thought, like, the, it, the... it's, but you know, Spike Lee's style is like, it's meant to be sort of scatty. Yeah. It's meant to yeah. be all over the place. But I've liked and some of It's meant to films. be quite funny as well. It's just yeah. quite, I don't know. It's kind of. It's not. If it's not meant else, to be like. In, I mean, I don't like. Tarantino's films that much either or any of those like big like self-indulgent filmmakers it's kind of like you've had a lot of ideas you're shoving it all in and it just didn't quite fit together for me they're just things like uh, you know, t- the, compared the... to his old boy remake it was uh, really good <laughs> the, yeah. you know the, the girl who's the bomb disposal girl 
who's like the the, the French story. one. Yeah, what's yeah. going on there? Like they meet oh, in the yeah. bar and they're into each other, and then in the jungle he ties her up and <laughs> captures her and her friends, which leads to one of her f- friends and colleagues' death. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> and then and then suddenly at the end and like in that she says that she hates him and she would never have slept with him. She was just trying to use him to escape, which is obviously fair enough. And then suddenly she's just in love with him again. Yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't amount to anything though. Because he's like, he's back in the he's sense. back in the states and then, I, yeah I know I mean like Spike Lee's kind of famous for writing like sort of quite lazy female characters. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but that doesn't make but it. But I think like. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not saying no. It doesn't make it a good film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I the I quite like I thought it was quite funny how the two white guys in it also played, um, clan members. And Black Klansman, that was quite uh, yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to see yeah, them as like completely you know the, um, <laughs> different. The the guy the other uh, bomb disposal guy who who survives right through the end. He's the yeah. guy who played Richard Jewell in that in that. He's yeah, yeah, he's mm. he's in a lot of stuff now. He's quite <laughs> up and coming. Yeah, <laughs> I think he should play a live action Peter Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite funny. Yeah, it's not bad. Anyway, so a, quite um, quite polarized opinions. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. Some... It was enjoyable. It was fun. Yeah, but we've got a majority of, to it as well. of two. So we've got the, of the, the two. official podcast stance is that it's a shit film. <laughs> <So>. uh, <laughs> anyway, let's let's crack on. Let's get into it. It's a better record than the Labour Party ever had at any time. It's a party. It's a party. Yes, yes, yes. The base. Gammonauts, the podcast examining the British far right and the media moguls and moderates who sculpt our political landscape. I'm Ivo, and with me as ever are my brother Dave. Hello. And Otto. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got a slightly new Gammonaut um, project for you this time. We're going to do um, our sort of weekly roundup try to keep track of some of the um, more lively characters of the far right and <laughs> what they've been up to recently and talk a bit more about um, what's been happening over the past few weeks. Yeah, well, the past week. Well, the past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or We're going to be doing these, yeah, more regularly, I guess, like once or other week, just a bit more, bit more of a sort of round-up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be a week since the 
Battle of Parliament Square. (laughs) The great heroes of Parliament Square. Yeah. (laughs) Who achieved so much. Which I guess is as good a place to start as any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good jumping off point. Yeah, so I guess... It can be it can be traced back to uh, the um, momentum of the Black Lives Matter protests, uh, of course, starting in the U.S. Um, after the murder of a man named George Floyd by police officers in Minneapolis, and um, the U.K. iteration of that particular movement. Um, <clears throat> had engaged in a number of protests throughout central London. Uh, The one that was particularly contentious was uh, the march that started in Hyde Park, and uh, which I was actually at, which went around South London. Um, South London, central London. Were you there? What capacity were you there as as a member of the liberal media or as yourself a... A protest. Uh, he he was a he was a, a sc- an outrider for the DFLA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was scout. I was scouting to, to have a look at the opposition. <laughs> for, no, no, no. I was I was there but down there with my flatmate. That's yeah. No, I was down. I was down there with my flatmate. We was sort of um, <clears throat> showing showing support, showing solidarity, I guess. But um, that was. That was where it kind of things, you know, uh, supposedly started to get quite troublesome. Um, the Churchill, the main one of the main contentions was the Churchill statue in Parliament Square was um, daubed with uh, graffiti underneath his name. It's basically Winston Churchill, and then someone someone scrawled was a racist underneath his name. And then, of course, the uh, the statue of um, Edward Colston in Bristol um, being toppled and thrown into the harbour um, as part of the same kind of uh, part of the same wave of protests throughout the UK. Um, off off the back of that, Tommy Robinson um, took to Twitter. Well, he doesn't have Twitter, but there was a video posted on Twitter, which I assume someone you know close to him who does have access to Twitter. Uh, posted on there, uh, where he he railed against the police, he railed against Black Lives Matter, he railed against celebrities who'd shown face. Uh, yeah, Anthony protests. Joshua, he had a big um, at him, didn't he? And he, yeah, <laughs> Anthony Joshua, Little Mix, yeah, he was he was irate, he was and he called he 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 called for <laughs> he was absolutely livid. And he called for um, he called for a mass movement. He called for a, a patriotic front in order to protect the statues and war memorials from uh, from this horde, uh, as I suppose he sees it. Um, so he did that very, very, very publicly, very angrily on social media. Um, only to backtrack a few days later, uh, citing regret that the narrative had been twisted in some way to portray his tirade as as um, inciting an attack on black people. His tirade so, is like, great. He looks like a radish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. He does. He's like, yeah, he's, he's a very special shade of pink. Yeah. Um, he actually, in that, in that thing, he called out um, Hope Not Hate, which is... 
fantastic. Yeah. No, he, call, he, he called out. Home, he called out. He in called the, out oh, in, in his backing down. Yeah, yeah, in his backing in down. His backing yeah. down um, yeah. Which because going, they yeah, repeatedly called um, DFLA hooligans. Like he he was like, we've been misrepresented as hooligans. Yeah, and he was, he's saying yeah. like, you know, um, he was saying uh, hope not hate are one of the organisations who's trying who's trying to sort of get into your head and turn you against us, kind of thing. No, def- definitely not our our commitment and in uh, an incitement of of. Um, racist violence that's definitely not turning people against us um it's also you know you'd wonder you'd wonder how the fuck people got the impression that they were they were planning to attack black people when they were turning up as counter protesters to a black lives matter protest <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's also speculation there's also speculation that um he actually he he backtracked and called it off because his presence in London would actually be in violation of uh, his oh, probationary. Oh right, um, that makes a lot of sense. His, God, that is his pro- his uh, we have him. his probation <laughs> conditions. Well, it was just something that was going around on Twitter. People basically saying, "Well, he's probably like, it probably is in violation of." some shit that you know some sort of court order um but anyway he he called it off um his backing down video is is superb which is set up also should say to like look it's definitely supposed to look like a grime video after he was like called out yeah no it's a little white he's doing background loads of, like, he's expansive like, yeah. arm yeah. movements and he's wearing like an adidas t-shirt and then he does this weird we'll put the clip in here but this weird, like, I don't even know who them boys is, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he does man, all these little rappers and that are fucking putting things up, yeah. But he, he's also he's also clearly like fucked on Gak as well because he keeps he's he's got some sort of yeah, drip. Yeah, yeah. He keeps going, like, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps like snorting it back, sort of gulping it back. Um, That's just patriotic fervor. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Robinson. Robinson, uh, Stephen uh, Yaxley Lennon. Backs out. Please. Stephen Yaxley Lennon, sorry, um, backs out, and instead the DFLA t- take the reins. DFLA, the, the Democratic um, Football Lads Alliance, was to give them their full. The title. Democratic yeah. Football Lads Alliance. I was um, I was laughing today about the idea of the Democratic Republic of the Football Lads. With- <laughs> <laughs> They're all dressed like Mobuto Sessi Seiko and like the little like <laughs> leopard print hat and grey top, <laughs> like U U S U with U S funded yeah, death squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so yeah. Anyway, so um, what what went down on the actual day? On the th- it was the th- is so it'd be a week from when this is released. So it's the 13th Saturday the 13th um it kind of started off quite quite nicely in the morning with some uh some men who claim to be uh military veterans uh standing guard over statues in parliament square they were then joined by a steady trickle of casuals from uh the you know the uh, a group of Football lads, um, 
who sort of joined them over the next couple of hours. Uh, there was at least one observer there from Hope Not Hate um, who sort of reported on a lot of stuff that they saw, um, you know, a lot of trends they saw in the crowd, one of which was uh, some sort of, like, organised tactic of scouting. So basically people waiting on street corners and looking out for, I suppose, cops or anti-fascists or um, Black Lives Matter protesters... And it was they 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 uh, hope not hate said as well. It was unclear as to whether those people were undercover cops themselves or whether they were football lads. Um, but they did mention that there was there was quite a sizable delegation of sort of middle aged hooligans. It's hard to tell if they were undercover um, cops or off duty cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there were quite a big quite a big number of. Um, older hooligans as well who would have you know who would have been veterans of scraps with sort of back in the day in in terms of like warring firms and stuff like that so you can imagine that there could have been tactics taken from that you know sort of lookouts and things like that um but they they started up towards um as they went towards parliament square um, they started lobbing bottles at photojournalists in Victoria Street who'd gathered to kind of document what was going on. Um, well, probably to but that truly was... twist what was actually going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, by taking photographs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really misleading <laughs> photographs yeah. of what was happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, I mean, the sort of hostility towards journalists is nothing new, like, right, in terms of. Um, far-right gatherings and rallies and things like that. But there's also, there is also the the pop, the probability that it was to prevent the gathering of evidence of, you know, assault and, and uh, affray and whatnot. Um, but yeah, they, there was no direct engagement with journalists or photographers at that point. But later on, there was an Italian photographer who had his nose broken and um, several journalists who are filming with their phones had their phones slapped out of their hands um and there was also a kind of a tactic that came up in the later skirmishes in parliament square of apparently the older the older football lads um piling into the police and then the younger ones standing on the sidelines basically um smacking photographers about and uh, oh. knocking phones and cameras yeah, the, out of the apprentices hands. so there was a sort of like, yeah <laughs> yeah the paddle yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah as it got more forceful and more kind of violent um the person that was there from hope not hate uh noted uh basically neo-nazi elements in the crowd uh, he saw people with black sun tattoos, and of course now famously there were there was a group Zeke Heiling in front of the cenotaph, um, and they and they um, they ba- they didn't see any obvious challenge or denouncement from the general crowd. So that was like there was an element of of tolerance for that, even among the probably I guess what you could call the more moderate sides of the crowd. Um, but yeah, there was that going on quite noticeably, apparently. And then yeah, it was sort of what's the most um, 
the most sort of widely seen parts of it were the fights with police in Parliament Square. Um, and there were a couple of other sort of more isolated skirmishes in places like Waterloo. There was someone, bo- there was a, there was a um, football lad bottled in Waterloo, uh, and there were, there were, there was a toing and throwing of bottle lobbing in Trafalgar Square, and there was a couple of, um, a couple of groups of picnickers in Hyde Park as well were. <laughs> Set up and kicked. And yeah. did you see the? Um, yeah. Did you see the 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 guy in in Waterloo who was carried to safety by a Black Lives Matter protester? Yeah, uh, he's an ex-copper <laughs> <laughs> or undercover or. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was quite cool. It's like no, a, he's like an ex-detective. That guy, the the guy who was who carried him, or the. No, the guy being, the guy carried. being carried. The really? football lad was an ex. No, really. was an ex really? detective. Yeah. The um yeah. the the guy that picked him up, I think his name was um Patrick Hutchinson. Uh, is it Hutch- Patrick Hutchinson? Yeah. Um, he it's quite cool. He he's um a specialist in security and martial arts. Him and his friends, and <laughs> like the photos, you can see his friends as well, like creating a protective ring around. <laughs> him. Just this really like. <laughs> He did. He did look like such a damsel in distress. Yeah, really did. I mean, he any meetings he turns up to is going to be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that sort of leads into the the you know the DFLA all thing you know when they were going back to fucking Blackpool or wherever most of them are from and like licking their wounds um, they it, it it became kind of clear even among, there was a consensus you know, even amongst the right and the DFLA that the whole thing was a failure um, and at that, a lot of that, like a lot of that is, is about them basically on the level of kind of like street fighting had their fucking that their asses happened yeah, to them, really. It's, I mean, um, we saw this a bit, didn't we, in looking at uh, infidels and stuff, and all these like football hooligan, like semi-organized, quote unquote, political groups. But they're just there to do cocaine and drink and like punch some people, and that's kind of. Well, yeah, it's almost it's almost apolitical. Yeah. Like the 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 politics of it is kind of secondary. Well, interesting. Um, I mean, there's the there's the what's the what did that um poster on the on the statue of winston churchill it said do not destroy our history keep our history and learn from it so the st- same mistakes don't happen again was i like i mean it's so <laughs> you're in order to avoid the <laughs> mistakes of like ethnic genocide you're going on a march to yeah. promote ethnic genocide because it might mean that to like diminish to essentially if you're in if you're in opposition as well to Black Lives Matter. That's that's why it's such a that's why it's such an intelligent bit of marketing. Essentially, the the name Black Lives yeah, Matter. Yeah. Like, if you're in opposition to that, you just out yeah, yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Automatically. Like, <clears throat> I think there's a really um, good. I put it on the um, on our doc here, but there's a really good quote from Matthew Collins about kind of like the genesis of these counter protests and what you know, like the challenge that they present, where he says. Um, uh, they look at Black Lives Matter and the two things that they say is, why should they get something I don't have? 
and that they don't understand the concept. They have a real fear that what little they have, they have something to lose by it. Uh, we have to bear in mind we're going to come up against a lot of resistance unless we can soothe the fears of people who think equality for people of colour somehow takes away from them, and of course it doesn't. But I think that's interesting that it's it's like uh, there's so much so much of the of the like original protest, the reason that it's happening now, and and so much of these counter protests, the reason that they're violent and they're attacking the police immediately is to do with people getting significantly poorer yeah, over a very short very amount of time and having no, you know, the Conservatives, really surprisingly, but they're not really offering any kind of vision of escape from that poverty yeah. or any, like... I mean, but, I do think that little bit, when people are talking about these protests, it becomes quite, I mean, <clears throat> a little bit black and white where it becomes, you know, are you a fascist or are you a... Uh, you know, like an anti-fascist or like, a, you know, you pro-BLM, which obviously all of us are. But there's also another side of it, which is, you know, why are all these protests happening? Like the, the class element of it is often just sort of dismissed or like not addressed. But I think that that's, I, like, that's always been in in civil rights and in, and in, um, in kind of black activism, particularly from the US, that has always been at the centre of their sort of political understanding and, and re-education, like, the, like the, if you wanted to join the Panthers, having to go through that system of their education to understand how much of an effect capitalism has on race relations. And like Fred Hampton... Um, that was something that he spoke to a lot. Like he was, he was murdered essentially because he was such a so good at bringing groups that were previously in opposition to each other together around the issue of bettering the lives of the majority. And it's obviously, I think it personally, I think that that's a something that has been sort of covered up in by the lack of proper education on the history of civil rights movements and um, the history of, of left-wing movements, from like COINTELPRO to just right-wing media in the UK, is exactly the same thing. Sure. Well, yeah, it's yeah. the um, the <clears throat> the the unification of of different factions within the working class is the worst nightmare of the ruling class right it's you know because if 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 you you know if people educated themselves and well it's not even to do with education if people realized um you know the the sheer level of their exploitation and the way that they've been basically left out to dry if people realized that and if that anger through a unified lens was pointed upwards rather than horizontally at each other you know yeah i think that yeah, would spell that would spell big trouble for, definitely definitely, uh, definitely i think you know, i think elites, you see basically. that in um the like government responses to this to this counter protest as well is is it's really indicative of that trend yeah. you know you have um i mean even just looking at uh pretty patel her 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 reaction to the, to the DFLA thing, where she talks about a small minority behaving in extreme uh, extreme thuggery and violent behaviour, 
and they're focusing on the desecration of the memorial dedicated to PC Keith Palmer. It's all this kind of again. It's like it's that it's it's the uh, it's the language of, of like trying to create divisions and trying to try, like not not addressing why people are there, but just yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah. Well that yeah, I mean that that's what that's that's the whole point of race baiting and and of of like divisive uh divisive discourse being promoted by, you know, right-wing pundits by the right-wing media by by the by the centrist media yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's it's to the end of of division um within those who are ruled right? yeah, yeah it's 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 the it's, 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 it's divide and conquer if you simplify it very very um no definitely you yeah. know if you simplify yeah. it to the speaking of degree. the uh of the the glorious centrist media should we have a listen to what uh alison pearson <laughs> ha- hang on there's, there's just there's just a couple of things i wanted to oh, finish yeah, sure. off on um on this thing um yeah just sort of coming back to like it, it, it like universally was seen as a failure so it you know there were pundits on the right who came out in strong criticism people like you know to name a couple julia hartley brewer dan hodges came out in in fairly strong criticism of their own fans basically um you know saying that yeah, the violence we saw you know on saturday was unacceptable even uh, johnson himself openly you know, called it out. Well, didn't call it out, but openly, you know, used the word racism when he um, and racist when he uh, criticised what had happened, and it led to it led to the DFLA um, releasing a statement uh, saying that they'll no longer be um, protecting memorials and monuments. So they said we we feel that it would be best if the DFLA withdrew from the protections of memorials and monuments because of the damage done to the good names and reputation of our veterans. We're des- we're <laughs> we are devastated that our association could enable the biased media, the far left, and even our own prime minister to label them as far right thugs. <laughs> the the bit that I loved of that the bit that I loved in that apology most was when they like we've we've spoken to the veterans and explained that we think this is <laughs> yeah. in their best interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they go on to say that. Like, we've, we've explained to the veterans <laughs> that we think this is... <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, it was wide, like they humiliated themselves. It was seen as, you know, widely as... And, and um, the, the, um, the documentation, the, the documenting article um, of what went down by Hope Not Hate concludes with quite an interesting... Um, the sort of conclusion of it is quite interesting um, because they say with over a hundred arrests and several DFLA in the hospital, the media spectacle of these scenes will be felt as humiliations by men whose masculinity is bound up with the notions of warfare, might and fighting prowess. Perhaps it is premature to say, but it felt as if some of the edifice of British hooligan of British hooliganism's machismo was pulled down from its plinth that day. And it is like, even I, like I wasn't there, I didn't see it, but from, from what I saw, especially from the kind of backlash, the, the, you know, the, the full circle backlash that, 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 that those scenes then created, you know, did kind of send them away with their tail between their legs. Like no one was really rooting for them after that. 
it was they, they you know it was kind of like it, especially i think you know even on the right um i think that's because you know the right have jumped on the discourse surrounding law and order um and kind of stability and they've just they've just jumped you know they've shattered that is up. true they didn't but there was an element of uh of I mean, they were still equating equating the two was definitely a strong thing in the media. No, there was. There was, there is, was, there was both sides a are bad, sort of. Yeah, that was exactly yeah. the same as what happened in Charlottesville. And, you know, like, it's always it's always the, the, the messaging... It's always messaging is both sides are bad. Yeah, very, very fine people on... Yeah, you know, yeah. I th- like, um, I think, though, as well, strangely enough, the... The strongest condemnation, um, and it was probably arse covering. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, the strongest condemnation did come from pundits, you know, further to the right. Whereas, you know, Keir Starmer, um, I can't remember exactly what his tweet said, but his tweet in response to it was, a, you know, there's shit on both sides, kind of thing. Whereas that that even compared with. Johnson, you know, Johnson said, you know, there's no place for racist thuggery or whatever. You know, I hate the cunt, but it's kind of like of of those two, of the of between him and Starmer, he was the only one to sort of come out and say you know, they were racist. <laughs> Are we sure that Johnson didn't think he was talking about the Black Lives Matter protesters then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could it yeah, could have been fucking fucking useless, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he did say he'd like fight till his last breath to like. Stop uh, statues being defaced. <laughs> yeah. He always looks like he's out of breath. I want to stick in, yeah. um, stick in here since we're talking about the reaction on from like right wing maniacs for these protests. Uh, that the the little bit from Alison Pearson's podcast, Planet Normal, where she talks about um, about the difference between the two protests. The, the odd treatment of the two protests. So. In the first week when we had Black Lives Matter protest, when the BBC said 27 police officers were injured in largely peaceful protests, and then last weekend we had six police officers injured in violent protests by far-right thugs. Now, I'm not denying that there was a really nasty element in the crowd over this weekend, as there was a really nasty element throwing bicycles at horses in the previous crowd, um, I yeah, I mean, like I was saying, the like in that clip, the sort of the the equating of the two, but she goes for because um, I think there's like a coded. She's I mean that thing of like the definitely the violence on the, on the BLM side is is like emphasised in that clip. She's like really put and this made up yeah. story about piece of people throwing bicycles at. At police horses, which is just uh, complete, complete fabrication. Yeah, it's, it's 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 complete lie. And the thing of like there there was yeah. she. Other thing she says is there's a na- there was a nasty element in the protest this weekend, and like I think yeah the whole yeah when, like, it's interesting to what not. The, I think the, yeah if you're if you're like there's a protest because under the surface there's a massive racist issue it like protesting that yeah there's something really nasty in in that whole thing the nasty thing is the is 
racism. That's like the horror. That's where it's all coming from. That's <laughs> yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what's the negative energy that's being brought into the public arena. Yeah, it's really. There's. It's interesting. I mean, I look because I listen to for some reason at a moment of sort of extra, like almost like I don't know intellectual Harry Kiri. I yeah. listen to that. Uh, to an episode <laughs> of that podcast, it was a fucking nightmare. It was like, like I said on the group, like being trapped in my granddad's uh, skull. Like you can't yeah. affect anything. <laughs> yeah. But they have this whole like um, one of the things that they that they talk about a lot is this thing of uh, if I have a remainer friend, I'm much more willing. You know, I'm willing to like um, uh, keep them keep them as a friend or whatever. If I, you know, if I have a left wing friend, I'll keep them as a friend. But all my left wing friends have told me to fuck off. <laughs> that, like, I think you can see where the tolerance lies. But the difference, obviously, is like your left wing friends are going. These people who like have less or look slightly different from you are people too. While you're going, no, no, no. It's yeah. just Alison Pearson and a statue of Churchill are the only things that should exist. It's fucking yeah. The, th- the thing is, as well, is like if you know she's she's coming out, you know, saying there was a nasty element and ostensibly like defending, you know, she's defending without defending what happened, you know, the the right wing crowd on Saturday. But in all honesty, like given their attitude towards the press, if she was down there in, trying to interview them, they would have chucked her in the fucking Thames. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> Um, yeah. I just want to move on quickly to our to our other the other clip we really have to play, which is Dominic Rab. Was it earlier today? Uh, yeah, talking about who he bends the knee to. Just it's after watching the football last night. Um, would you take a knee if you were asked to? Do you know what? I I, I understand um, this sense of frustration and restlessness, which is driving the Black Lives Matters movement. I've got to say on this taking the knee thing, which I don't know, maybe it's got a broader history, but it seems to be taken from the Game of Thrones. feels to me like a symbol of subjugation, subordination, rather than one of liberation and emancipation. Uh, but I understand people feel differently about it. So it's a matter of personal choice. So would you or wouldn't you do it? Take the knee for two people, the Queen and, and the Mrs. when I asked her to marry me. <laughs> just finally, I must let's talk about the future just very briefly. Brexit, Emmanuel um, Macron. By the way, she she disputes that. I had this conversation <laughs> last night. I'm sure I did, but we'd obviously had too much champagne at the time. But I'm, I'm certain I did. <laughs> we'll check with her next time we speak to her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> so horrible. And he talk, he talks about the when he says um, he thinks taking a knee came from Game of oh Thrones. Oh my god! Yeah, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the um do you remember in I, um in the thick of it when the, the they have to watch the the packages of like all of the TV shows yeah yeah the yeah. yeah it's yeah. exactly that <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a fucking repulsive what the fuck do you mean it came from game of thrones yeah. game of thrones is the most derivative show like anyway. like, what the fuck is it he he is just. I think he like he's not even thinking about. it. He's just trying to be related. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, in a, in a way. It, yeah, yeah. Like you said, like it's it's in a, in a way that you know hasn't been relatable. For, like, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like yeah. But also, it is it is designed to be. He's on Julia Hartley Brewer's show, and it is designed one hundred percent to be dismissive. This thing of like equating like massive. You have to treat for those like 
hardline authoritarians, you have to treat meaningful political protests that people care about as if it was just like they're teenagers and they don't know what they're doing. And I, I think this came from Game of Thrones rather yeah. than from a athlete, very impressive athlete, very, very gifted athlete throwing away his entire career on a principle. Is it like anathema to those people because they just fucking walked into the job and they don't believe in anything. Yeah. They're fucking disgusting. Yeah. Well, it's like they, 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 the only thing they do believe in is meritocracy and, but, but like they, of a sort, you know, yeah. they've, <laughs> meritocracy. but you yeah. know, but they've, they've like, in you know, but in terms of like, you need to work hard for, for what you get, but like, you know, They've never had to fucking work yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah. That's that's no no no. Yeah, it's that's, that's what opposite. I mean. It's meritocracy. That it's meritocracy for the working class. You have to work hard for it, for what you get. Yeah, but yeah, not yeah. for me. You know, no, exactly. really I get to just. Uh, yeah, disgusting. it's 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 pat it's pat it's parasite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of repulsive like... people, should we have a quick chat about uh, the other big bit of far right news that happened this week? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. world's most beautiful Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's my yeah, fan draws yeah. <laughs> You are, of course, refer. You are, of course, referring to the sentencing of the members of National Absolutely. Action. Are you yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. But one uh, in particular, one <laughs> yeah. <fair> maiden. Uh, yeah, so Miss 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 Buchenwald. <laughs> <laughs> Miss but uh yeah, Miss Buchenwald nay cutter. So yeah, she was she um she entered we're calling her Miss Buchenwald because her I think the her what she's best known for it seems was um entering what's it called? What's the beauty pageant called? Miss Hitler. Miss Hitler. The world's most prestigious <laughs> beauty pageant. Which every little girl dreams of one day competing. <laughs> She looks like um like a like a pudding that's been like poured Fuck into a me, bowl. Man. She the, looks so just These yeah. people, it's insane. Like to Miss Buchenwald. But like, it's just Buch- yeah, fucking yeah. insane. Well her boy like, her boyfriend, who's the other one who got uh sentenced, thank God, who's actually yeah, ex boyfriend. Really, really nasty piece of work. Who was photoed holding up a Nazi flag in Buchenwald, like in the in the chamber. No, he was, really? he was, he was doing a Zeke Hart, wasn't he? he was I thought he had a flag. Really? No, maybe, yeah. They were doing both, lads. Yeah. <laughs> you got two hands. <laughs> t- yeah, no, it was, it was in the, it was, it was in the execution chamber, or one of the execution chambers in Buchenwald. And it was him and him and a you know little fucking mate of his. Uh, you know, no, it was it. It wasn't one of the ones that. Sentence. So um, disgusting. It's one of those. Um, I mean, reading just about them as people, I just like you feel physically ill. You kind of have to laugh at it because it's. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Alice Cutter, or AKA Miss Buchenwald, she she she'd made jo- she after Joe Cox was murdered, she commented on some post about it saying rotten hell bitch and shit like that. And it's it's just like really like that's the whole thing with national action though. They are like almost cartoonishly evil. Like, and and they're like they're they're like really fucking weird as well. A lot like obviously aside from the fact that they're neo Nazis, but like they're <laughs> they're yeah, that's small. They're all like re- like they're all really like they're all really um just fucking odd. Like uh, uh, I was reading about 
um, her and uh, Mark Jones, who was her, I think, fiance. They were more yeah, than just yeah. um, going out, but um, they had his and hers swastika network. Jesus, oh, yeah, you, this is the photo you stuck on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put up some photos because there's there's different photos of them. Um, there's what they just they all look fucking like this this other guy as well, Connor Scoven. Um, who was he, he? He was one of the group as well. He was he was only jailed for eighteen months, the youngest, possibly because of his yeah. age. Because the rest would, you know, Jones was jailed for five and a half years, Cutter for three years, and this other guy, Gary Jack, about four and a half years, and um, Scothan was the youngest. Um, so he was jailed for the least time, I think. But um, he 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 apparently. He he he's a he's a former practicing Muslim, and he's a former he's a former Antifa activist. Jesus. And his 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 parts of I mean they were all jailed for be, because um, national action was prescribed. I think it was in 2018 as an illegal organization yeah. as a terrorist. To, was it? Yeah. Was it 2016? Anyway, it, it was the last few years. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and. All of that, they're all jailed for being members of obviously an, an illegal organization. But they, um, Connor Scothan, Scothan, however you say it, was um, his other thing was making stickers. <laughs> he likes self, he's <laughs> he self funded like a whole sticker making operation, really. And he was very proud of the fact, yeah, he was very proud of the fact that one of his stickers showed up in Portugal on the lamppost. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what a weird, so weird. But, but, I feel like he could have. Apparently, he drove himself to poverty, like basically making stickers. <laughs> he bankrupted himself making yeah. stickers. <laughs> that guy is so confused. <laughs> there's a there's a picture of him as well. He looks like an art student. Yeah, he's got like sort of like low cut DMs yeah. and like a striking yeah. little jumper, like with his backpack. He looks like a fucking. I don't know. He he looks like he'd be. He looks like he'd be like woke. Yeah, he does. People. Yeah, yeah. Not not like yeah. <laughs> not like fucking Zeke. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. The thing of him being an Antifa, that like he's obviously one of those. Another of those guys who's just like got a lot of issues and had tendency to be violent and wants to be a part of a community. So, but the but the fucking. Miss Buchenwald and her lad. Who I I don't know. I haven't found anything about it, but I from that suggests to me that they're trying to draw a similarity between themselves and Carlotta and Isla. Ilsa Cock. Yeah, Kock. yeah. They're like who are notoriously yeah, yeah, the probably. yeah, of course, most yeah, yeah. like twisted and um, yeah, brutal, torturous. Well, she spoke. She, of, she of the camps. It's just like she spoke about wanting to wanting to play football with like a Jewish person's yeah. head. Yeah, and shit like really, that. She, really it's all all of the shit they people. Just disgusting. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's the thing with national action as well. They've never they've never really carried out. They, they it's it's weird talking about it in this in this way, but like they've never actually managed to do yeah, anything. Like it's it's always been it. foiled plots, yeah. and the the plots have been like horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, there was the the the, the plot against uh, Rosie Cooper's life, the MP, um, yeah. and stuff and stuff like that. And there's all of it, like the shit that they say. They talk like a really horrific game, but they've never actually, you know, managed. They, they, I don't want to play them down because obviously it's a real threat. Yeah. But like they are, yeah. 
they're just a bunch of fucking like useless like really idiot yeah. I- idiotic psychopaths yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but they are and they, but yeah like you say important to keep in mind because they're so they are so dangerous and if they're if you know if they one day made it big in the sticker industry then that <laughs> <laughs> they had big sticker butts behind yeah big but, sticker butts yeah. like just pushing the rest over the, the... Edge <laughs> The, the the rest the rest of them are fucked after coming out of the can like their their future's over that fucking Connor Scoven though he's oh, got he's sorted. he's, he's, he's destined for big I mean, things saw, I think with the, in the sticker industry Saudi backing Al Qaeda and I think that you know stickers stickers might have a similar yeah he could be handed a big government contract sticker price yeah, sticker price <laughs> yeah you can see him like talking to kids in schools about like. It, when he when he's been deprogrammed from being an extremist, being like, oh, I, I was a Nazi, but my love for stickers <laughs> <laughs> pulled me out of the abyss. Yeah, um, yeah terrible. Anyway, fuck, fuck them, fuck them, they cunts. They are awful. Um, in jail, fuck them. Yeah. All. So I mean, yeah, awful, awful. More bad news. I've got here. Um. Speaking of useless fucking cunts, I thought we might have a little word about how the how the government is dealing with Corona, the ongoing yeah. the ongoing pandemic. Lovely. Just grit your teeth and uh, bear it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just burn through it. <laughs> We're going to be focusing. I the um the the test and trace program, which as we all know is meant to be up and running in mid May, uh, and is not totally ready yet. Yeah. Um, but is being uh, has been outsourced to this company, Circo, uh, and it was reported this week by Private Eye uh, that they have further outsourced it to several smaller companies. <laughs> so that's a good. Uh, um, but yeah, the whole thing's many made, hands make like many. The whole thing's been a complete uh, fuck up from top to bottom. I got a little. Uh, the, this is from an article in the FT in, in May. It says, an advertisement for the basic call handler role on this track and trace programme describes it as work from home, a work-from-home opportunity paying £8.72 an hour. All recruits who are expected to show empathy and demonstrate communication skills will receive one day's worth of remote training involving classroom-style teaching. So they're basically running the track and trace programme like it's like weather spoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, fucking disastrous. Um, oh, fucking hell. One day's training. Yeah. And £8.72 an hour to, to try. That's what you're doing. That's the amount of money you're giving to. Mo- so I thought, like, you know, global capitalism was all supposed to be about motivation. Are you motivating someone to do a better job by paying them £8.72? They can't be promoted from that position. There's no, like, it's yeah. not like. If you work really hard at this, you'll become a really big call handler. It's just like you need people to do the job, so pay them properly. Um, yeah, so this company, Circle, I wanted to just have a quick look at them because um, they're so evil. <laughs> they basically exist to, quote, fill gaps in the public sector, which basically means uh, destroy the public sector. And it's basically just an ideologically driven project of Winston Churchill's grandson and Toad of Toad Hall lookalike Rupert Soames. I don't know if you've ever seen... He's the brother of Nicholas Soames. And he looks like... 
<laughs> he looks like um, beef tripping has been like, poured on tonight. <laughs> He's so yeah. disgusting. He looks like um, like a jelly baby that's been left on a radiator <laughs> yeah. for a few days. <laughs> 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 I think it's really interesting that he's running this company that that is like plugging the gaps in the private in the public sector, because he there as a family they're like they're obsessed with Churchill's legacy, uh, and he was obviously opposed to the formation of the NHS. Um, it's a good quote here. He said Churchill said unless Bevan changes his policy and methods and moves without the slightest delay, he will be as great a curse to his country in time of peace as he was a squalid nuisance in time of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real nice. Real nice guy. That's just that's yeah. just what you that's just what you need. A company that a company that quote unquote fills gaps <laughs> in the public sector. Which is run by two ideological crusaders against <laughs> yeah, the NHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's an interesting. Is this is this circa is this circa the security? Yeah, so they, they've yeah. got they've got things in yeah, all yeah, the pies. Yeah, yeah. I'll go through that some of their some of the stuff they're involved in in a bit. But yeah, I just wanted to. You see their you see their vans taking the lads off to yeah exactly. off to the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They run prisons yeah. very very badly. Um, but yeah, so yeah. this, I mean, Rupert Soames, so he's, yeah, Winston Churchill's grandson. I a couple of, inst- like, choice quotes I found from him talking particularly about his involvement in the coronavirus uh, crisis. He, uh, a leaked email from Soames to staff ignited concern, this is from the Guardian article, uh, ignited concern about Serco's long-term motives for accepting the contract. In the email, he said the contract would, quote, go a long way in cementing the position of the private sector companies in the public sector supply chain. So he's basically saying, I mean, his motivation for doing the COVID testing is to further the reliance of the public sector on the private sector, which I think is pretty fucking gross. Um, and he, even in his denial of that, you can see he, it's exactly what he means. He says, it's not a cunning plot to weed low way into the NHS. We're very active in the NHS already. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say that we will be crucified if we get this wrong, quite rightly. But if we do it well, maybe people will say that they did it, they did it well. So private sector involvement is a good thing. I mean, that's not a denial of what everyone is saying it yeah. was in the first place. You're just admitting. I like the thing of, of saying, like, no, you're wrong. We're not trying to take over the NHS because we're already halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're already so, doing a really good job of that. We're just trying to take yeah. over half of the yeah. NHS. <laughs> We've got our eyes. I mean, you know, who knows what the fuck they've got uh, around, but I imagine it's like... I, I love as well the thing, like, we'll... We'll be crucified if we get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine a lich, literally, oh, yeah, uh, just like people, people crucified in Trafalgar Square <laughs> with like <laughs> no, notes like stapled to their chest. <laughs> Enemy of the market, <laughs> executive at Circo. <laughs> I think there's no there aren't, there aren't trees large enough to hold the weight of Rupert <laughs> just who would who's he who's he who's he implying would crucify them though um, uh, the the masses or, oh, or the, the shareholders the, the shareholders presumably, yeah. the gu- the guard the guardians of yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so that that the government has given out 1.7 billion pounds so far to private groups of which Serco has taken a large proportion. The argument for this is that private companies, and this is uh, 
this is from the government. Private companies have the expertise and resources to cope with the crisis, um, which is interesting. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like no one has the expertise to deal with COVID-19 because it's literally a brand new disease. So I don't like it just literally doesn't make any sense. Uh, and resources, if they had the resources to do it, presumably you wouldn't have to give them £1.7 billion while people are, like, starving. No, the um, resources are the expertise. Yeah, maybe, so. yeah. The resources... <laughs> well, they're, st- they're, st- they're still just operating under the under the understand- un- under the assumption that it's, like, a bit of a shit flu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be honest, like, that's, that's why they're... You know, no, yeah. that's what they're it's saying. Absolutely. We 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 have the results. But then, to I mean, even it. if that was the case, Serco have, I mean, done pretty much nothing right. They fucked up like billions of other contracts that are far less demanding and more like and have been done, you know, like better trodden ground and everything. Um, including on this, they accidentally released contact, the contact details of everyone training to do track and trace because someone clicked CC rather than BCC on the email. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you... But I'll just give you a quick... I'm right, just going to um, give you a really quick rundown. I read a quote yeah. of of, a, of one of the guys whose whose email was leaked in that, talking to mm-hmm. the news, and he was asked if he was concerned. And he was like, well, it did seem a little bit dangerous that um, there'd be a slip-up in, like, personal um, information by a company that is being entrusted by the government to handle the entire population's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> information <laughs> um, yeah that was a bit worrying I want to just quickly give you a give you a rundown of some of Serco's greatest hits on things they've fucked up uh, so here we go we'll start with the medical ones at St Thomas's Hospital the increase in the number of clinical incidents arising from Serco non-clinical management has resulted in patients receiving incorrect and infected blood as well as patients suffering kidney damage due to Serco providing incorrect data used for medical cal- calculations. The company falsified 252 reports to the National Health Service regarding Serco health services in Cornwall. They had the contract for out-of-hours GP services in Cornwall, from which it withdrew in December 2013 after they left the, com- the county short of doctors. Then... Uh, in September 2013, Serco was accused of extensive sexual abuse cover-ups of immigrants at Yarlswood Immigration Removal Centre. Oh, yeah. uh, in August 2014, Serco was criticised for using immigrant detainees as cheap labour, with some being paid as little as £1 an hour. A fine of £19.2 million was imposed on Serco following the delayed legal action that began in 2013 for practising fraudulent accounting of electronic tagging, uh, electronic tagging service for the Ministry of Justice. Uh, the judge said uh, Serco engaged in quite deliberate fraud against the Ministry of Justice in relation to the provision of services vital to the criminal justice system. In Glasgow, in August 2018, it was disclosed that Serco had been planning to evict asylum seekers before their appeal procedure was completed, and they forced two asylum seekers onto hunger strikes. And then also, just for a laugh, they were given an 18-month contract by the US government in 2004 to run the Iraqi airports. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, after all that, you might wonder how the fuck they get these contracts. Uh, and it might not surprise you to find out that Rupert Soames is an Old Etonian and Bullingdon Club member. And the junior health minister, Edward Argar, is a former Serco lobbyist. So you yeah. take into those things into account with the fact that a bulk of the deals were agreed without competitive tender process. Uh, it looks pretty fishy. I mean, it's just sort of 
crony capitalism fucking bullshit and it's absolute worst. Yeah, but the and resulting like the all of those are, are the all of the kind of cases brought against Serco for mishandling of government contracts and normally like have a financial um uh, they have to like pay, have a big payout to the government of like fifty four million in the case of the, of the justice department, but they're personally responsible for like the literal deaths of people yeah, in yeah. care homes in Cornwall in A and E. Well, they also the other thing about them is in, they, pr- in prison, in prison as well. Yeah, yeah. In immigration detention centres are one of the fucking worst things. The old word is compared yeah. to the rest of the EU is fucking awful. Yeah. One thing I just want to clarify as well is earlier on when I said, uh, when I was talking about them being a security company, I was thinking of G4S. Oh, yeah, that's their big rivals. But it's basically they do the same thing. It's similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But all, all, of that, all of that shit merges into one, like, Serco, G4S, Kia yeah, group. Yeah. Like, it's all... Oh, they're all just, yeah, they're all just there to it's... plug the gaps, as it were. Oh, the last Many thing on them was the... the um... <laughs> uh, was what they refer to their fines as. They, they call them service credits, which is what they call being fined by the government for fucking up on a level that leads to, like, huge numbers of people dying or personal information being leaked. They say, yeah, they're called... Yeah. They're, a Selco spokesperson said about about this, um, about the about the, the leak of a personal information, the Selco spokesperson said, service credits are a natural part of undertaking a demanding and rigorous contract, such as... Uh, oh, it was actually housing asylum, such as Compass. Uh, yeah, service credits are sums deducted from a company's monthly invoice when it fails to meet key performance indicators, which is basically a fine. Yeah, I love I mean, that key just... performance indicators mm. is, like, literally people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you... Just... <laughs> God, it's so disgusting. But, the yeah, and because they're a, a, cause they're a contracting group and they hand out their contracts to, to like, other private groups, a lot of the cases where they're completely guilty for mishandling things, they can claim innocence because they've passed on the actual execution of, of whatever the operation is to a, a small Yeah, contract. by subcontracting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's so it's exactly good. what happened with the ministry the with the thing that they had to pay out to the Ministry of Justice. And the if you look at the name of the um the company that took all um took all of the fault for what had gone wrong, they're called like they're called Geo Expert or something. Circo. <laughs> it's just like another part of the same company. <laughs> it's like, really um, nice. We should move on to some slightly better news to finish. Yeah, um, definitely. The man, Marcus Rashford, getting getting free school meals for the rest yeah. of the summer. I love the thing of like at the beginning of this the. Was it Hancock who called, or was it Rob who called out footballers and like? Yeah. Well, they it was Hancock. It was Hancock, wasn't it? Hancock, wasn't it? And I love that that has just become like. Every, it seems like every like month or so, Premier League footballers like do something. Yeah. New yeah, and like really something. impressive for the community. He then went on TV and called him Daniel Hank, uh, Daniel Rashford. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a fucking it's idiot. Unbelievable that. With that horrible, the thing I, I, I. I don't even necessarily think it was... I mean, the, Matt Hancock is a fucking idiot, but I also think it was, like... I wouldn't put it past him to... I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him for it to be, like, a pop. Yeah. Just being, like, yeah. you know... I don't... I don't... I, 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 like, 
I've forgotten your name. You're that fucking yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, like, yeah. I th- like it is because they've he's he's made he's made them look cunts. He has, yeah, he's, yeah, he he's really, really has. Yeah, like, yeah. He's shown them for what they are. So you know, I think it is a bit of a pop as well. We should yeah. um we should like, explain what the if for people who don't know, um, this is a the story of like the government planning not to roll out um uh a scheme to feed kids who are dependent on the free schools lunches and um who obviously now in quarantine and with schools closed were facing just not eating um and there were a few different campaigners who were who were um fair share is the charity that rashford has worked alongside um and they've been campaigning with the government for ages to try and get them to 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 afford help to um these children and Johnson had again and again said no and then Marcus Rashford wrote this really good letter, open letter to the government, um which I'll read a, a few bits from. Um but it provoked uh, the government to take a U turn. Uh, which is just amazing. Well, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say that the the public pressure generated by yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Them to, um, um, have you? Re- I don't know if you guys have read the the letter. It's 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 actually really good. It's like really well written. Um, it, I'll read a bit, but it um, surprising for a footballer. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's in like no, it's you in, might like, say. in a letter that you'd expect that it, that it's doing like. It's asking for one thing. It actually it like builds a story. It's really cool. <laughs> it starts off with Come 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 to Osh for your weekly dose of elitism. <laughs> <laughs> um Sorry, mate. No, no, no. Sorry, Karen. Uh it opens with him talking about the his international debut and uh he he's a, he's an amazing player and he he um I think he set the record for the youngest player to score in in um, for his country, or something. And he's it's like him at the end of the game, looking at the stands and looking at all the fans singing, and just like that being a moment for him when he was seventeen, maybe, um, of like having gone through all this hardship and finally reached where he was. Um, and he says in the letter. My story to get here is all too familiar for families in England. My mum worked full time, earning minimum wage to make sure we always had a good evening meal on the table, but it was not enough. The system was not built for families like mine to succeed, regardless of how hard my mum worked. Um, which I thought was really cool, heavy hitting. Um, as a family, we relied on breakfast clubs, free school meals and the kind actions of neighbours and coaches. Food banks and soup kitchens were not alien to us. I recall very clearly our visits to Northern Moor to collect our Christmas dinners every year. It's only now that I really understand the enormous sacrifice my mum made in sending me to, away to live in digs at age 11, a decision no mother would ever make lightly. Um, and then he goes on to say Wembley Stadium could be filled more than twice with children who have had to skip meals during lockdown due to their families not being able to access food. It's estimated by Food Foundation that it's 200,000 children. Um, and he says, I wonder if, if, if those 200,000 children will ever be proud enough of their country to pull on the England national team shirt one day and sing national anthem from the stands. Food poverty in England is a pandemic that could span generations if we don't course correct now. Whilst 1.3 million children in England are registered for free school meals, one quarter of these 
have not been given any support since the school closures were ordered. Uh, it's a system failure and without education we're encouraging the cycle of hardship to continue. To put this pandemic into perspective, from 2018 to 2019, nine out of three children in any given classroom were living in poverty in the UK. Nine out of three is a lot. Nine out of 30, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the projection for the next three years. That's exponential! Yeah. <laughs> Premier League footballers can write, but they can't do maths. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this figure is expected to rise by an additional 1 million in 2022. In England today, 45% of children in black and minority ethnic groups are now in poverty. Uh, yeah, and you always talked about, like, shit, like, a, he, he got a tweet from an MP who told him that that's why there's a benefit system. <laughs> and he says, I'm fully aware of the universal credit scheme and uh, how, like, Families are receiving massive, experiencing massive delays in it actually coming into effect for them. Uh, and it's got a two-child limit. He's he's made the point that he comes from, he's got four brothers, four siblings. So only his mum would only have been yeah, able universal to credits two of her five yeah, kids. And like, you know. But yeah. Terrible. Universal um, cruelty. Universal cruelty. There he is. So it's amazing um, the, like, the MPs that are coming out and actually just... In it just like in one of his tweets, he 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 tweeted, "When you wake up this morning and run your shower, take a second to think about parents who have had their water turned off during lockdown." And the workers and pension secretary Therese Coffey um, replied, "Water cannot be disconnected, though." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so, out, it's so unbelievable. That yeah, I mean they they've had they've had to <clears throat> they've had to fucking. They've had to like swallow shit. Now. They have had to, but you, which is, but you which see, is one of but the I best. think you see the like the Tory outriders as well are kind of they they're like willful cruelty that they indulge in in order or like you know the, just yeah. nastiness that they they enjoy. It's so, quite naked yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like it's not hidden at all. No, it's really it's like um, you know Katie Hopkins. I mean, everyone knows she's a cunt, but her her tweet to him saying you should consider whether or not you can afford to feed kids before you have them, as if. I mean, it's just so like, yeah, bafflingly stupid. You can't. I don't know where you might begin. She was almost bankrupt herself. Well, I mean, she saying. knows. Yeah, she almost. Went, she was <laughs> fucking begging for people to give her money yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, it's just, it's just like, oh, she got sued. I see. Jack Monroe. I see. I see your. I see your genuinely human. Uh, your genuinely human plea to the government for humane policy. And I raise you social Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking like is it, there was a, there was another uh, tweet she did where she there was like a picture of fucking uh, Rashford getting slide tackled by a city player and someone put uh, Hopkins' face uh, on the city player and she's like oh I look good in blue don't yeah. I and then fucking. Um, the the twi the Twitter account for for Man City just posted. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a fucking moron. Yeah, awful. Yeah, I mean, good on good on Marcus Rashford though. That is yeah, good, yeah, positive. it's amazing. There was another. I was doing that fucking uh, Telegraph podcast I listened to earlier. They don't talk about it much, but there is one. I mean, one you know, obviously big time 
supporters of the Conservative Party and one of them, I think Alison Pearson was like, yes, it seems Marcus Rashford is dictating Tory policy now. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, if only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. But when you when you have when you have a fucking taxidermied great white shark for a PM, like, <laughs> fuck it, you know, an empty vessel. Yeah. He's he's like he's like a he's like a um. He's like a Russian doll of a fascist. <laughs> like there's 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 nothing. In the it's like the smallest the smallest version of a Russian doll. <laughs> Of the fascist, so there's nothing inside. It's just a fucking like little chubby little. Veneer. Yeah, he is. So of course you're gonna have deep, someone right? who's genuinely has good ideas. Yeah, you know, yeah. And 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 has a very has a very very influential place in public discourse. Yeah. Like of course you know if they if they raise a challenge to the government, and the government concedes, you know, that yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, he is like he is creating a conversation. Yeah, yeah no, fucking get, no, he's creating action, which and it's that otherwise just yeah, yeah, happen. It's yeah, no, of course, fantastic. yeah, not just a conversation, but 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 actual yeah. an actual outcome. But let's uh, yeah, uh, and they just can't fucking handle yeah. that. <laughs> That's a positive to end our uh, our update of shit. <laughs> yeah, just bad news. <laughs> yeah, what um, I. If you, if anyone wants to reach out to us, we now have an uh, email set up, uh, gammonauts at gmail dot com. If you want to send our do it threats or uh, send... <laughs> that's the first I fucking heard. Yeah, of set that. up. Um... I'm gonna email. <laughs> I think I can remember the password, but we'll see. Uh, and I'd also say. Uh, Big shout out to Dave's other podcast, Being Mean. If you don't listen to that, do listen to it. It's hilarious. The last two episodes are very, very funny. Um, don't be mean. Give it a <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah. yeah, definitely give it a listen. It's also yeah, give it he a does listen. it with our, our He's producer back. Tom, who's also awesome. So check it out. Nice. Yeah, and follow all of us on Twitter, obviously. Yeah, and tell your friends to listen to our podcast because yeah. It's, it's fucking shit not doing that. That's yeah, really bad behaviour. <laughs> the one per the one person who listens. Yeah. Tell your yeah, you're one really friend. Us down. <laughs> if you don't have any friends, tell your mum. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a mum, well, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, that it. Uh, you don't need to do anything. Don't just take it easy. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Just chill out. Really yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> <laughs> alright guys cool nice one lads see you next time nice one see you next time you know that Andy Joshua you got anything to say about this shit hey you got anything to say about what they done to Churchill statue or you think he's a racist as well do ya what about Little Mix you were there weren't ya hey we support the defacing of our Churchill statue do ya every one of you fucking celebrities all jumping on your little virtue signaling bandwagon. Every one of you just wanting to show yourself to a little BLM site whilst you're defacing. Every one of you has organised that. Everyone who's encouraged that supports that shit. Why ain't you down there cleaning it up? Oh, I bet we don't see none of you celebrities down there getting that shit off of those statues. <laughs>